Welcome one and all to the Track One Side One podcast. I'm your host Gaz Jones. Today's guest is a multidisciplined rap artist, teacher, producer, MC, who also works with young adults in the local community. In short, is one of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my life. His name is Exodus Payne, and he charts his hip-hop playlist through five incredible tracks on the virtual mixtape. So listen, learn, educate, and enjoy. And I'll speak to you at the end. Cheers. I feel kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. You're listening to the Track One Side One podcast with me, your host, Gaz Jones. Each week, a guest picks their five favorite album opening tracks, and we dissect, discuss, and debate each one. So let's put on our classics and have a little chat then, shall we? And we are live. Joining me on this week's episode, uh, staring at me through my laptop screen via the medium of Skype and that their interweb, uh, we've got the legendary hip-hop artist and producer, Exodus Payne. How are you, mate? I'm blessed, thank you, brother. How are you? All the better for speaking to you, my friends. Before we kick off with your list, mate, I mean, how hard was it getting it down to just five songs? Yeah, it was it was a, a bit of a challenge, but like my list is not like my all time favorites. It's just like the the first five songs that came to mind because mm. there's 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 so many, isn't yeah, there? Like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. like even genre wise, there's different genres. But I just mm. I just felt like it, you could ask me like next year and it's probably going to be <laughs> yeah. different. Do you know what I mean? In a different space, but this is where my mind was at. So right, without further ado, mate, what's the first song you want to talk about? The first song would be uh, Redman, uh, Time for Some Action, off uh, What the Album. That was produced by Eric Sermon. Like, I, I picked that one because I remember, because my older bro was into hip-hop, that was, like, one of the first tracks I kind of learned, like, subconsciously learned. Anytime he'll be playing that album, I'd, like, like you know, shift into his room and be like, yeah. And and then when he went out, I'd, I'd play it. So, so yeah, that, that one for me just, like, brings back a lot of memories. And if, if I'm asked who was your favourite MC, mm. I, I don't think I, I would I – I'd say Redman, but Redman is up there because I don't have a list of, mm. like, oh, number one, da-da-da-da. Uh, because it's all yeah. mood music to of me, course. but like I do love Redman, and he's always been consistent. I love I love the way the samples, like I mean, across the album, but especially this song, it's the samples he uses. They've got kind of like a he's put a real like I don't know, foggy kind of muddiness. I reckon he may have had a hand in the production as well, because I know uh, Redman is a ghost producer. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's he's done a lot of like stuff that he hasn't been credited for, um, or he'll do it under a different like pseudonym. And yeah. I, re- I remember watching an interview as well where Redman's talking about um, the process of the album and and being inspired by the West Coast. Uh, like, because you know, it's in in it. You you've got like be real, like time, time, yeah. time, time for some action. Yeah. Like so, so he was he was talking about like you know being one of the the first 
East Coast MCs to to um, acknowledge the West, and was, yeah. he listened to a lot of G Funk, and then he tried to emulate G Funk, but he did it East Coast, like with that type of instrumentation, without the the, the West Coast buzz and. Mm. You know the high pitch noise that they had, like the yeah. Dre, um, Dre beats, and uh, so yeah, man. Like um, that for me is a dope track. Even the album artwork is mm. is amazing. It kind of reminds me of like what DMX did with his second album. Redman for me was he was he was kind of part of that that early '90s hip hop scene, that kind of alternative hip hop scene with like Cypress Hill, Funk mm-hmm. Dubiest, The Far Side, and people like that. It was such an incredible time to be kind of exposed to a lot of this stuff for the first time as I was. How old were you when you first heard like Redman? Uh that what the album, I think I was about eight. What sort of effect did it did it have on you? Was it was this kind of like some of the uh, the earliest stuff you, you can remember hearing of in terms of like hip hop? My earliest recollection of hip hop is Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight. I, I was in a high chair, like I was I was that young, you know. And then and then fast forward like 15, 16 years, then they become my mentors, like the Sugar Hill Gang. So it's like I have like a connection with that. But that's that's my earliest recollection of hip hop. And then and then my brother had uh, Ice T, the Power album. Yes. I remember just looking at the vinyl because because mm. it had the front and the back of like the, I think there were three heads on there on the cover. But I I, I listened to it, but I can't really recall any of the songs on there, like if I'm honest. But like, yeah, it was. I remember that being a good album. But like for me, I, I say what the album because that was the first album that I paid attention to, mm. and and then I learned the lyrics to "Time for Some Action," and then I learned the lyrics to a heavy D jam called um, "You Can't See What I Can See." Like they were the two. Uh, and and then I remember the wicked as well, Ice Cube. They they all came out round about the same time, and Similar it, it was the time, yeah. Yeah, when Yo MTV Raps was like yeah. booming, and Puck later on did like I get around, and like you know with the Shock G's and the mm. Digital Underground and that. Mm. So so it was it was dope. It was pivotal, and just it takes me back to to, to that time of the Yo MTV Raps of the mm. Dr Dre and Ed Lover on on Yo hosting it and then the person the, the the people would come on there and play basketball and mm. and who's the man was like that came out around yeah. that same time mm. with all them MCs in there mm. like that I've mentioned and yeah, some yeah. as well because yeah. it had it had Cypressil because that I remember they souped up the their police car just that one song triggers yeah. all them different memories all that's why memories. What are the characteristics that you think make a great opening track? What do you look for? I think that that stood out because of like the energy in it. I wouldn't have known who who Redman was, but I did after that, and it, and and that caught me enough for me to get off like the computer or what I was <laughs> on, yeah. like to to go and look at that. That that was like one of the first. That and the Ice T was one of the first covers I, I, I like looked at and and read mm-hmm. and like. Ever since then, that's that's been my thing to to like look in in the sleeves and you know I I, I love that like obviously we don't do it as much now because because we just get like downloads and you know but like that that was part of it you know the the cover art track two mate where are we going uh track number two like it's like fast forward a few years uh it would have to it, it's it's life story by an artist called Black Rob. Mm-hmm. He, he was signed to uh, Puff Daddy's uh, Bad Boy mm-hmm. label. I think this joint came out 
97 yeah i just i i loved it because it's if you listen to it it's so it's so different like uh life story is different from time for some action it's not as amp it, uh you you have the intro where he's talking about um a lady who lived next to him called miss miss barry but it sounds like he's say she's saying miss burry <laughs> like that and I love how honest he is. Mm. It's it's like a real it's a story about his life story and yeah. it's and it's like a, a food for thought. Mm. So so that caught me at the time in my life where I was more reflective and I was thinking mm. about things, you know. And the way he painted that picture was was beautiful and the honesty in that song and and, and that was uh, produced by uh, I think they called Hitman. It caught me that much that a few years down the line I I, I actually did my own version of it. Like um, where we use the Royer sample, so so we use that, and then I remember wanting to get a girl to sing the hook, uh, mm. similar to what he had. But then it was the process was quite long, and I loved the song so much that I wanted to complete it there and then in the studio. And yeah. then the producer was like, "Now, nah, now nah, we'll come back," and I was like, "Nah, bro." I said, "Listen to them bars. Like I'm talking about my life, you know. We we, we and and I want to get this wrapped up. I don't want it to be a long thing." And then the the song just turned out really emotional because I mm. thought like. I had to do it justice if I'm using the same break or the same sample as mm. what Black Rob used um, when he poured out his heart. So yeah. the album was was a was a dope album. Uh, you know, he had like a single on there called Whoa. Yeah, which was which? Yeah, yeah that that was huge. That was huge. That song. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. anytime that came on in the club, every, yeah. like you know, we'll get our like thug on. When the remix came out with uh, G Depp and I think Rod Digger was on there, and it was just like, oh, I'm so happy I was like around for that. Not just that, but like the things that were happening around that as well. You know, like to hear that for the first time in the club where it yeah. dropped, start the tape. I'm in the first line. Yeah. Like, but I think that was G Depp when he came in, and I was just like, raw. Man, uh, there's another track on there with the locks on on his album as well, which was heavy. And I love you, baby, was like a bonus on there, which which was on Puffy's album as well. You see, like I, I could have easily picked you, you, oh yeah, Ready to Die, um, mm. Illmatic. You know, it was written or mm. Pete Roxy or Smooth Rakim. You know, I could have gone there, but I thought like because people forget these, like you know. Yeah, like, no, totally. And and, I mean, and some some people go back. And then mm -hmm. they're like, actually, that that was an album and a half. And it's mm -hmm. like, because they didn't like it because Puffy had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially at this sort of time, because, you know, Puff was like, had gone so mainstream. He'd almost gone beyond mainstream at this point. I think he was getting one heck of a kickback. And I, I don't know if that did Black Rob many favours, the fact that, you know, Puff's stamp was all over this album. I don't know. I, th but I, think, I, think, it, I think it did. But it's, it's, it's about, like, you know, the artist. Because if you look mm. at, like, Biggie, like, he had Puffy all over his stuff. Yeah, but true. Then but everyone's like Biggie was is one of the yeah. the greatest lyricists. Mm -hmm. Also, heads like um you know Craig Mack and that. Uh, it's it's just a shame he didn't he didn't follow through with a next joint. Like you know I had the pleasure of, of chatting to Craig Mack and him giving me some words of wisdom and and it's like Craig Mack, uh, Biggie, and Black Rob for me were were like three three of my favorites that mm. that were on bad boy and um and, and shine was all right as well and and, and mace like if you're out and about in the parties and that you know mm. i feel life story was 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 a good project but he's ill at the minute because he sent out a message to dmx yeah because of his passing and that yeah, and then he's in hospital he's had, he's had a couple of strokes um yeah life story great song well written great structure 
um, yeah, so much emotion and heart in it. Is the importance of the opening track of an album, as we first knew them when we were starting to obsess over music in our teenage years, do you think the importance of that opening track is something that's been lost in the digital age? Do artists care about that opening track so much these days? Or is it all about... Because for me personally, the way that digital streaming has gone, it's all about that instant hit, that that hook in the first five seconds. It's got to be there now, 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 now. You know, otherwise people, you know, skipping off it. Yeah, attention spans, it's gone down to to zero. Do you think that opening track is still an important thing? It depends, like... Well, from from a fan's point of view, it de- it depends on like whether you like the artist or not. From an artistic point of view, it depends on what you want to put across. It is still vital because when you press play, that's the first thing that someone hears. People tend to um, they don't really do as many skits as before. No. But then it, but then it, yeah, it's 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 depending on I think the artist on what what they because 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 I was having a conversation about this with someone else like where a good friend of mine was saying oh they don't really do many skits anymore in albums and it's like if you listen to the the last Kendrick album like he had loads of skits and uh, intervals with like with Tupac where he had uh, I, I think it was a piece of like poetry or something a Tupac interview it's it's down to the artist's discretion and whether the fan wants to listen to an intro because now it is just pressing a button in it and you just mm-hmm. forward it and people want shorter songs because it's that YouTube generation in it because mm-hmm. us I remember waiting for that Meth and Redman album for like over 10 years yeah because they had uh, Whatever Man that came out where they where they were dressed up as the, the, the Blues Brothers that that came out in like the 90s and mm-hmm. the album didn't come out till like 2000 mm-hmm. the, the Blackout I think they changed the name because the album was supposed to be How High and everything so mm-hmm. like our attention span like we I, I think we listened to it to prove a point like <laughs> we listened yeah. to that intro you know I've waited yeah. this long for it I ain't gonna skip this and certain times why would you fast forward something if you're listening to it on cassette anyway because because you might go into track track number two so yeah exactly you'll end up rinsing your batteries <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or if you had like the is it discman yeah right discman like, oh you, man if you move your leg it'll, yeah it'll like skip. <laughs> try and explain that to a you know to a kid these days you had this portable device but you couldn't move it otherwise you couldn't hear any of the songs even the sound quality, like you know, the oh, the, the headphones for yeah. Walkmans, they were like little wafer biscuits, and, and now we've got we've got the 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 Dre's and everything, and you know we we've got the luxury of artists putting out album after album and looking for instrumentals, like like you know when I teach my sessions and art and and some of my students are like, oh we ain't got no instrumentals, I'm like what we waited four hours to download a, a, yeah. a instrumental, but we yeah. used to do shows at the junction. Nice. And run our own night when we were like 14, 15, and would would be sitting there waiting for time mm-hmm. for just for one instrumental. Like would would have about three and be happy. We'll be like, you know, yeah. this just took us the whole day to download yeah. these three, so we'll cherish them and make sure we wrap our heart out on them. Like and and now it's just so instant. It's like I, yeah. that's why I can drop our um, project after project because there's so many producers, so many instrumentals yeah. floating about. Track three. I'll go with Big Pun, nice. Be Wet. That album, amazing. It, it, mm. it's, it's just like a, a great piece of art to stamp that you'll hear within the industry. I remember getting a lot of puns, uh, features and then like even in songs he didn't feature in you just like what what song was it I, 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 it was LL Cool J um Keith Murray Foxy Brown 
Fat Joe, Prodigy for Mob Deep on that song, and then you just see Big Pun like pop his head in like that, and then and then he goes back into the 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 distance, and then I remember hearing them on Relativity. I had this compilation uh, on a track with Raekwon, and I was just like, "Wow, this guy is different. Like he's got mm. flows." Because he was so ahead, so ahead of his time. And yeah, that album from pr- production-wise, ill, like uh, from, from Primo uh, to Wyclef to mm. Mob Deep, Havoc producing it, uh, having a joint on there. Um, but Beware was uh, produced by Juju uh, from uh, Beat Nuts. He, he tore that up. And uh, Beware for me, I had to put that in there because ever since it's been out, so ever since mm. 98... And I've had a show and I've had loads since then. I play that in the morning to get me in the mood. Just like first thing, like certain times, like if 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 I'm on my own or when I lived with people, I didn't want to hear anyone. Like I wanted to hear pun first. Uh, you know, should we say like now because obviously with, with like having children and that um, I wouldn't be like yeah be quiet I got here yeah. <laughs> like, but if I can I'll try I'll try and dodge them listen to pun and then and then talk to them yeah talk to them. Yeah, but like <laughs> everything about that song just gets you amped, gets you ready. Intricacy and lyri- lyricism, like it's a, it's a lesson. He's having fun with it. Yeah, the schemes, the beat, everything works. Compliments, like next level, man, next level. And and having people like um, like you know, Black Thought's one of my is in my top MCs. I won't say top five or top ten. He's just mm. top MC, top tier. For Pun to just go back to back with him, like it was nothing. <laughs> Like, like they were just out, like you know they're, like they're just having a conversation was mm. dope and then it's got that line that dead in the middle of little Italy, little like on that album as well that, yeah. that that flow and a half that just cemented his 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 dopeness so for me that was my favorite pun album capital mm. punishment yeah that is that is my amp joint and that's that's why i, I had to mention that when I, when I was doing my research on these songs, apparently Big Pun he was the first Latin hip hop um, artist to go oh, platinum. go platinum in America. Yeah, because because he has um, he had a crew like you know the Terror Squad and yeah, like, yeah. Fat Joe and that like represented yeah. it afterwards. But like I I, I remember speaking to uh, Pun Brethren, they used to call his twin uh, Triple Says, and mm. and having a convo about about that because we used to chat a lot on myspace and then we started chatting on facebook and like, i was gonna get like a verse off him but like now he's he's, he's disappeared like and, and um oh, really? yeah i had to i had to just thank him like like mm. you know and 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 you know and just say like what you guys did with that project mm. like i know it was mainly pun but like these people were around there so they would have influenced him and inspired him i was just like because because he he was triple says who's is one of his brethren because it was like pun triple says armageddon uh, cuban links and fat joe mm. uh and they were the original terror squad before like remy martin and uh, i remember chatting to uh triple says and showing him one of my tracks and he was just like that's dope and then i was just like you know oh. when we were talking up yeah and to, to hear that and this yeah. was like uh, this was what, what like 10 years like way over yeah, about 15 years ago that we pollied and spoke. And, you know, so that, that meant a lot to me because yeah. I, I put these guys up there because of their yeah. lyricism and, yeah, what a joint. Do you still enjoy listening to an album from start to finish? Yeah, it depends on the artist, like, mm. or it depends on why I'm listening to it for. Like, certain mm. times now I... Because I, I write so much, I listen to 
an album differently each time. So I can listen mm. to an album just for the instrumentals and kind of mm. block out the artists, not rudely, but yeah. um, if I'm feeling the beat, then I want to write to it. Like deconstructing it almost. Yeah, like I listen to, to music differently now. Before I used to, I still enjoy it, but before mm. I used to just like listen to it and learn it and just have like jokes with it. Now I, I listen to it to, to, to deconstruct what the artist has done, like what they've mm. written. Then I'll listen to it for flows, then listen to it for schemes, then listen to it for how how they manipulate the beat, then listen mm. to it for cadence, then listen to it for, like, you know... Uh, wow. Like, yeah, we, we, like, me and my mates, like, joke, like, <laughs> and, and Skills as well, who does art, we, we joke about... Because I say, I say, yeah, I've looked at your piece of art as you looking at it as me looking at it because because sometimes i listen to i listen to myself when someone goes oh x i've just listened to your album i've really loved track number five then i'll listen to track number five as them and then i'll be like oh yeah <laughs> probably liked it because because of this bit because or I'll, that, yeah. I'll, I'll make a song and then and then say oh yeah my older brother would like this because this this kind of flow is probably <laughs> like one of them uh uh what is it lords of the underground type flows so he might like that or, or, or he might get that a channeled Kendrick, or he yeah. might get that a channeled Blackfoot on this. Yeah, so so wow. so I listen to yeah I listen to it differently, but I enjoy it no matter how I listen to it. Track four, what are you saying? I'll go with Faramont, uh, Internal Affairs, like mm. the the intro for that. I love the intro and I love the time that it came out because I was at college. DJ uh, Scratch produced the intro. I just love Farrow. I love his schemes, delivery on it. Yeah, it just takes me back to a good time. Yeah, college days were, were so dope. And if I fast forward now, I'm blessed enough to work with the executive producer from the album, um, my, my good friend, brother, Renee John Sandy. And it's just so surreal. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and, and every conversation we have, not every, but like most of the conversations, I'm like, yeah, you know when you did that track off that album, yeah? What's a, <laughs> like, so he's told me all the all the like really cool stories behind that album. Yeah. yeah, like for Simon Says and like the whole process. And, and it's just like so dope to, to know these things. Because um, they, 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 got, they got properly sued for the, the use of the Godzilla, Godzilla. samples. And yeah, yeah, like probably all, all remaining... Copies of the single had to be destroyed, which is why I think it, it took so long for this album to come on streaming platforms. I think. Yeah, it was. It was the, the even the Simon Says story. He didn't like. We didn't really talk about the the, the suing as much because because no. we had an issue with one of our songs as well that okay. was coming out on one of Renee's compilations, a, a track called Burning Crosses, and and then we used this Southern Man sample. And and then Renee asked them because because of the issue that he had with uh, Simon yeah, Says, yeah. and then and they they were really like yeah they were funny about it man like and and it was for a good cause you know like uh, it was for the like, the George Floyd thing like and yeah. I like equality and then they were like nah take it down da 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 and we were like we're not even selling it and it's just like wow it's like another learning curve but yeah. with, with, with the Pharaoh going back to that it's like the the, the stories um Renee told me about like you know the Simon says remix like how Buster Rhymes loved the beat so much that he mm. if you if you listen to it go back and listen to it I think it was real to real that they they recorded on with that so they, it ran out of tape the beat runs out and, mm. and uh, Buster's still going like still yeah, rapping because yeah. <laughs> like, he, he was he was loving it and he, he was hungry for that beat and I was just like oh that's that's dope 
And, and Buster loved the song so much that he he pushed and promoted it as well. And, mm. and he actually record he he directed the video. For me, that album amazing. Like you know, having Common on there, having uh, Talib on there, MOP, Redman, Meth, Lady Luck, Shabam Sadiq. Like I've had the pleasure to work with Shabam now through through Renee, which is which is really cool. Yeah, but Internal Affairs was. Yeah, such such an amazing album, man. I I, I love that. I love the uh, the use of the Public Enemy sample as well. The, the refuse to lose. Lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those those horns straight off the bat as well. That horn section that kicks in. Oh, it's proper like New York, isn't it? Oh my god, yeah. yeah. And it's got real kind of almost I don't know Gil Scott Heron vibes at times as well and you know the drum track's incredible I mean, I'm not gonna lie I've I've heard the name and once you sent your list over and I I started listening to, listening to the this yeah I'm definitely gonna be checking out some more listen to his new stuff as well he's like okay. um working with a well-known is it a rock drummer or guitarist oh, okay. like, and they've got a new project called 13 and his flows in that like mm. are just ridiculous uh, before we go on to your last track mate just want to say obviously we can't play the music on on the on the podcast due to the the glorious copyright police as we've already alluded to in this podcast, they can take you down. But what I do, uh, I do an accompanying Spotify playlist and YouTube playlist that will go out with each episode. So people can go feet first into your playlist, mate, and check out some insane artists that are ripe for rediscovery. With that, mate, what's your final choice? My final choice is uh, For Life Sci-Fi. And it's uh, ABC. We used to call it the Alphabet Track. It's produced... Uh, by a producer that I'm I'm working with, and I'm at the minute. Yeah, DJ Napper. Nice. He, nice. And uh, the, the MCs are like Cy Philly and uh, Life, and that's off their album Millennium Metaphors, which again for me was like a, a really dope album coming from the UK, because uh, because yeah. there was a lot of like tension with like UK and uh, US, mm. like, and it was like. How I explained it was like the U- US were like the older brother that didn't take the UK seriously when it came to <laughs> yeah. rap. But uh, and, but then again, the argument is like I, I say, well, most of the US artists that came out in the the nineties wanted to be like Slick Rick, who was from London, Lardy Dardy, like Snoop, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> even, even like your Jay Zs, even your Biggies referenced them, and loads of people like you know um, Nas. So yeah, Slick Rick. Even MF Doom, like being mm. from the uh, UK, Money Love. Yeah, they, they, they had this relationship and it was like a lot of UK cats used to kind of cuss the US and been like, yeah, we're not on that bling bling. Like, this is real hip hop, da 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 da. But like, what I loved about For Life Cypher was just, they just rapped and they got on with it. And then they would mm. reference uh, US artists. So you could tell they were fans of the music and, yeah. and loved it so, and and they, that was my take on it so so when i met and heard someone who had a similar take great beat choice uh napa smashed it throughout the whole album flows wise lyrically and from from their work like with with other djs and other people like herbalizer the gorillas vadim uh, Task Force. They even they done the the EP with Task Force. Everything they done, I just I remember just purchasing. Mm. I didn't even have to 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 hear <laughs> anything beforehand. I just be like, oh, for last cool. 
Like, you know. Uh, Sold. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go, uh, like, because I went to Jay's Records in, in Cambridge and they had, like, direct link to the labels. So some certain times they would get things released before the States did. Wow. So they had, like, yeah, they had dope imports and mm. and they would get all the, like, posters and, and extra extra bits sent to them. Like, mm. I remember getting the Killer Priest uh, when that album came out. I got, like, the, the massive poster. Wow. Um, nice. Heavy Mental uh, and, and <laughs> the Ghostface Killer, Supreme uh, Clientele. I don't think I've ever heard rhyming quite like it. They were, like, the polar opposite of the, the whole kind of, like, Lexus and Diamond kind of hip-hop they were just a bit more dirt under the fingernails a bit more british they they were raw and and mm. what i loved about them was their, their freestyle as well like um mm. and you know they weren't afraid to freestyle like going on shows like uh, i think there's something went on online where they're on westward and they're freestyling and it's mm. and it's so dope that whole project was yeah was was next level yeah, and, and, and they're still doing their thing and, and, and murking it, like, now. You know, I was listening to Life earlier, um, mm. one of the MCs, and then um, also posted up, like, uh, one of Cy Philly's verses and Napa's beats. So, like, I, I, I was so happy because there's there's a, a track that him, uh, Life and uh, Napa done. I loved the sample on it, and I always wanted to know what it is. And then I found out, and then I messaged him, and I was just like, oh, I found yeah. it. And it was, like, from the from the strangest place as well. I was like, raw, like how, how the hell, like, you know, <laughs> you know, so, so there's still like gems off their older projects that I mm. listen to and they're, they're dope. X, thank you so much, mate. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having me on, bro. And yeah, pleasure, really enjoyed man. it. And there you go. What an absolutely inspiring chat that was. Cheers X for showing the love bringing the good vibes and the tunage. And I hope you all enjoyed it too. And who knows, maybe you discovered your new musical obsession. So take care of each other out there, please. And I'll speak to you all on the flip side. Adios. I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. You've been listening to the Track One Side One podcast with me, Gaz Jones. Give us a follow on all the social medias at Track One Side One Podcast to keep fully up to date with all future episodes and guests. Where there will also be links to Spotify playlists that will accompany each show. So please check them out. And I'll see you soon. The greatest.